Polyhedron is a production of Headcanon Games, LLC. Please bookmark Headcanon Games for the latest in Polyhedron news. Polyhedron is sponsored by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to become a patron of Polyhedron, please go to patreon.com polyhedron. Now, on with your show. Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two co-hosts here, Ryan. I'm very sore and I'm going to take it out on you today. Yay! And Scott. Yeah, I got that just ran a three-day backache. Oh, and you're old. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm Dude, nothing ancient. Nothing makes you feel older than Saturday Night at Alarm, just sh- <laughs> generally shuffling at something instead yeah. of moving towards yeah. it. I was shuffling at them. Yeah. It was pathetic. And as a very special treat, we have a co-host in studio, live in studio, not via Skype. Whoa, James Davy. Hey, everybody. I'm not. I'm not very sore at all. Uh, well, that's fine. We'll get you there. He's, okay. he's a taller, no. fitter man than all of us combined. It's really, <laughs> it's true. really I am not taller than all of you combined. Uh, no, no, no. But you're definitely fitter. Uh, I, I, so, so how, how have you been? What's uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, James is here because he is a very special guest because he has started a very excellent new podcast called The Dark Archive, which very briefly, it is basically the history of the world of darkness um, from a sort of accurate in character in atmospheric sort of style a real nerd yeah it's yeah. It, but it's very well done Standard and we wanted him here nerds. we'll get to that in a little bit um but we got some news and some announcements to make before we get into it but i just wanted everyone to know that james is here in studio because he can add his wonderful voice to commentary how are you how are you got i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> Well done. I'll try not uh, to look at you. We are amongst friends here. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, I think I'll be uh, fine. But anyways, but the very first thing we need to do here, official business. Thank you, Michael Tyson. We have another patron Guys, on the Patreon. Two patrons. Two. 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 Matt talked about needing to buy an $8 thing, and I'm just like, whoa, boom, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Michael, for uh, supporting the show. Hopefully, we'll be getting new patron-only content out there that you can enjoy because you have you're so rad and you've given us money. We um, may have just recorded one. Yeah, yes. you get to you get to listen to us blabber in in a somehow even less structured fashion. <laughs> <laughs> if that was even possible. I mean, to be completely honest, the one or two people I've talked to in person is like, I'm really I'm really liking the format. These I'm like, you mean the one where we don't really plan ahead, <laughs> <laughs> where the show notes are literally just me going. Yeah. Okay, I just need to say these things. We yeah. need to make these points, and other than that, let, we'll just go. But again, thank you very much, uh, Michael. Please write into the show. Uh, we will we will take your feedback, and we will talk about stuff on the show. So please do that. Also, uh, would it be cool if I came over and played with the tiger? Because that's really it's a good. I mean, we don't generally talk about the tiger. Yeah, that's well, that's. Shh, shh. Well, on. I mean, I meant like Mr. Tyson. Um, if you would oh, like oh, 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 hang out yeah. with your tiger. I was wondering where this bit was going. I really oh, was. Yeah. I, I had not even jumped to I was it. like, Tony like, the you Tiger You guys do know cereal? that back in the early 90s, there was a professional boxer named Mike Tyson. No, no, I get it. And yeah. he's become a meme really, now. I was really, really oh, trying okay, not okay. to get, go there because I just, I feel like yeah. making fun of his name would have been a bad idea. Yeah, right. Yeah. But here's the thing. He's not giving me any money. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's it's true. This Michael Tyson right. that's giving 
Well, not you, but Right, us. exactly. That's what I mean. So, <laughs> Mr. Tyson, if I have offended you in any way, I deeply uh, apologize on behalf of the gentleman that you've given money to. And uh, and that, that's there you go. That's <laughs> yeah, that, thank you. Thank you. That, I never that, need an apologist. I'll bring you on. I'm, I'm well known as an apologist. That's not what I meant to say, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it really depends on what word comes before apologist. (laughs) Well, moving right along. uh, Again, I just want to quickly announce that we are partnered with TA Magazine. That's Target Audience Magazine. Uh, That's a great place you can go to get all the little pop culture tidbits and reviews of what's going on in Atlanta, Georgia. So if you're interested, head over to TAMagazine.com. Yeah, that was that was me showing. Oh, that's the show. Oh, oh, that's oh, the, the show. show part. It begins. That's, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Me undies. Me undies. Me undies. Please give us money. We're on bombshell.com. So, Go what can I tell some... you about Blue Apron? Don't <laughs> and Squarespace uh, and 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 audio or oh, audible. audible. Yeah. Audible. Thank you, Squarespace. We actually use your website. and It's very good. Um, anyway. uh, and the last little bit of news. This is more our actual RPG news. Um, we have gotten a press release uh, from. Raven Desk Games, uh, they are producing a very new game called The Vert, or no, excuse me, just called Vert, where in that you it's sort of a uh, you play in the future of North America, where it's a cyberpunk setting, so very futuristic transhumanist cybernetics, uh, like lots of drones and like insect drones running around. But there's a weird, unique drug that lets you transport yourself from here to a place called the Vert, which is a dreamscape. And in that dreamscape, you're able to do lots of fantastical, weird things. Um, so it's mixing a lot of fantasy and sci-fi tropes. I thought it was pretty interesting. So head on over to look up uh, Raven Desk Games, and uh, and I'll make sure to put a link in the show notes. Cool. Yeah, it's really interesting. It was really cool to just send it out of the blue. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Chris Tang. He was able to hook that up for me. So I. I appreciate that, Chris. Right, we'll probably have him on at some point. Soon. Yeah, uh, yeah, at that, some point. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. So, Chris, like Chris. Get, a good guy. be prepared. Be prepared. Be prepared. Oh, yeah. But let's actually get into the you know meat of this episode, why James is here. Thanks Tell out. us about the Dark Archive. Uh, okay, so the, the Dark Archive is a project. Uh, it's, it's kind of a labor of love. Um, it is an in-universe uh, sort of, I, I like to say it's a, it's, it's a meta in character um, showcase of the stories that are that make up the history of the world of darkness. Uh, and I, I've listened to you guys, uh, your back episodes, and you talk about how much fans you guys are of the world of darkness. And so, kind of what drove me to this is that uh, I have a I have a friend who's just now getting into the world of darkness, and he's he's always coming to me, and he's like, "Hey, man, uh, what about this this cool NPC or this cool event that happened?" And and you know, I have a 25 year back history with with this product, so I know these stories really well. And for him, it, it's it's kind of unapproachable because if, if he wants to hear the story of Cain, well, that's spread out over eight books, and mm-hmm. he's going to have to go get them all, and he's going to have to read it, and he's going to have to parse all that information. And I thought, well, you know, I'll just throw a little uh, a little three paragraph thing down for you that I can show you the story of Cain, and that three paragraph thing became a 29 paragraph thing um and that became a 13 page long essay on the history and then i and i realized i got this uh, recording equipment for another project i'm working on uh, i could probably put this to some music um i'm a big fan of things like masterpiece theater and um lore 
podcast. If you mm-hmm. if yes, you guys oh, yeah, it just that. became a t- television show. Yeah, very much, uh, very much a, a sort of an inspiration behind this. And I thought, well, what, you know, Aaron Mankey is telling these folk stories throughout the history of our world. What if somebody did that, like hardcore history or lore or masterpiece theater, but about the history of World of Darkness? So, uh, you know, I contacted White Wolf and I was like, hey, would that be cool with you guys? And they're like, yeah, man, do it. Have fun with it. So I started with the story of Cain. We just wrapped up the third episode, which is uh, we're going to go by chapter. Chapter one is the story of Cain. I thought it was a great way to kick off. Um, We're headed next into the story of Kim and Tiri. After that, we're going to leave Vampire for a while and head over into Werewolf. And we're going to do some stuff in Mage and we're going to do Changeling. Um, and we'll try to eventually do Wraith if I can survive the terrible depression that will occur from me just oh, reading that. Yeah. We need, we need yeah. some Zoloft for that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, yeah Patreon and, contact. Here's a subscription to Zoloft for the Wraith story. <laughs> <laughs> the Dark Archive is sponsored by Sertraline. Uh, uh, but yeah, so that's that's it. And and we've we've got some really great stuff that we're going to be building towards in the future. We've got some great ideas. Uh, we're going to have some guest actors come on the show. Some, we hope we're going to have some guest actors come on the show. There's some people yeah. that are pretty well known in the community um, to do specific characters. And uh, and so yeah, man, I'm having a good time with it. And you guys, uh, I listened to all three episodes today while I was working. I enjoyed it greatly. Oh yeah, I, I've, I've been listening to them as they come out. Uh, but you uh, you mentioned uh, you know you have a history with the World of Darkness. Why don't you first like you know maybe tell us a little about yourself and your history with World of Darkness and role playing in general? Um, so uh, when when I was uh, you know without getting too granular into my own life sure. story. Uh, there were there were there were reasons uh, when I was in uh, early high school that we had to up and escape uh, a, a situation um, I- involving my stepfather at the time, and we basically had to move to a place where we had no ties because we couldn't risk that he might find out where we were. And there was a little gaming shop about two blocks from there, and that was really all I had. And so that is where I discovered. Um, that my first, I, I bought the gray box there. And I don't know if you guys remember the gray box, but it was the first edition vampire, the masquerade. Oh, that was, oh, yeah. uh, unfortunately um, that was a little bit before my time. I'm, I'm young. <laughs> uh, gray box was, uh, it was, it was revolutionary in a lot of ways. Cause I had played D and D, but I, I never felt like D and D was something you could really invest any time or, or soul into. It was, it was, it was super Nintendo, but played with dice at least you know, to me at that time. So I found these books and they had these just amazing stories about these vampires and, and, and these creatures of the night, which even to my young mind at the time was very you know, allegorical for sort of, I mean, every vampire is a victim of abuse yeah. right. at its base. And so I, you know, I really, I, I, I strongly uh, felt connected to these stories and I, I, didn't have anybody to play with. We ended up moving again. We relocated to a place where I, it was a little bit easier for me to find other people to talk to. And we all had these books. Nobody knew how to play the game. So what we did is we'd, we'd all create characters, but they had no character sheets. We'd just be like, I'm a vampire and I'm of this clan. And we would sit around in character on Saturday nights Mm-mm-mm. and just talk in character. You, you jump straight to Salon Lark. We jumped. Well, we jumped straight to Salon Lark, but in a way where it was, I, I, I almost can't explain what it was. It was, it was this weird thing where it, it was. We were playing out television episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were you basically improv. You know, we were doing straight improv theater. Oh, theater. Uh, my first, the first time I ever played a Sabat game. Interestingly enough, it. We did have sheets. We did have all that stuff. But the first time, like we were all a bunch of poor college students, mm-hmm. and you know, 
I don't know. The the GM's like, I don't know. Why don't you? I mean, you're all here. Why don't you assholes just have a conversation and play? Here's what just happened. Look, go. Yeah. And we spent about 45 minutes in the student center, just like you know, bullshitting away as our characters. And and, the, and that was that was something I'd never seen before when when you know when I experienced it in in high school. And it would be things like we would watch a, a television show together, and we'd in all character? sit around oh. in character and talk about what we were just. <laughs> I, I actually for modern LARP games, I. Like I kind of love that stuff. Like that's that's kind of fun for me. It, it was a ton of fun, and and it was you know uh, to a certain extent it was a kind of uh, probably an unhealthy escapism for a group of misfit teenagers. But it was something that we enjoyed, and uh, and eventually we all went to college, and everybody drifted apart. And then I got into a, a real LARPing group with real sheets, and I I uh, became a part of One World by Night. Um, which is a mm-hmm. pretty, pretty, still pretty thriving uh, World of Darkness LARP community, and uh, I have been LARPing, I would say at least once a month for, uh, I mean, yeah, for for almost twenty five years, and um, I've always been a huge fan of the World of Darkness. I love all the stories, all the games. Um, it's always meant a lot to me. So when I realized that I had this, what I feel is a as a relatively unique take on the universe, and I had the ability to share these stories. Um, and one of the things about the Dark Archives, I'm very specifically trying not to use a ton of um, very uh, uh, specific to World of Darkness language. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to say things like, and then he used level three potents. And he, I'm trying to, to, to make these stories approachable from the standpoint of someone who has no idea what the World of Darkness right. is. Right. A very, very introductory sort of bare bones, but very robust description of what is actually happening from a fable almost a fable perspective yeah yeah uh, well, listening to it i definitely got this is very folklory this is very because I, lo- I love how you 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 weave in real world stuff and and yeah. stuff it, it's very all very well done i, I think this is an, a wholly necessary thing if this if the product is going to continue forward like now uh, the the world of darkness is is huge it's it's insanely huge yes and your friend was correct to have approach avoidance in that because you know it's a little bit intimidating to walk into a room and like people are just chattering around you about you know things that you just like that was very esoteric right i've had that experience and i went and go read up went to go read up on it and i'm just like Holy God! There's a lot of this. Yeah, when so. you said, "Hey, my my buddy came to me and he was saying, hey, uh, what about this thing? What about this thing?'" And I was my 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 instinct as a trying to like put myself in the your shoes of going, "Well, we need to read this." And there's, have you read the Bible? Have you gotten this? And then there's this other thing that's a little apocrypha. And oh, we can talk about this thing that happens a lot later that has an impact on the the end of the world. And I was like. Realizing, wow, that was just a whole bunch of word salad that would yeah, have been yeah. thrown in your a, friend's face. A linear story in which the sto- in which the key points of that particular piece of lore gets told is so necessary and so hard to to get. And I feel like I I almost shot myself in the foot a little bit because I'd started with Cain and I thought and and most of the chapters I don't necessarily know that most of them will be uh, three episodes long. Right. Some maybe more than that. I feel like. Uh, Especially when we start to discuss events, like um, the formation of the Anarch Free States is already in pre-planning, and that one is going to be multiple episodes because it's going to be told from multiple perspectives. Yes. But the story of Cain specifically, I, we don't even get into the vampire stuff until the second episode. Yeah. The first yeah. episode is just the story of the it's Bible. Almost, it's just a straight biblical story right. of recounting of, well, there was Adam, there was Eve, there was the apple and the whole thing. But you did introduce... 
the apocryphal stuff, which is Lilith, Lilith right. and her ascension slash awakening stellation there. No, that, that is actually in uh, yeah. certain to- uh, to- Talmudic tradition. Mm-hmm. And that's I, I found that and was uh, kind of blown away by like how yeah how, uh, how much they actually mined from the actual whole folklore. Part of the reason that I that I went with this with this version is because I started to do that to my friend to just blast information at him, and and the moment I realized that what we needed was somebody to collate all of these different stories into one comprehensive narrative was when I was telling him the story of, of Cain during the first city. And I said, now, if you, if you listen to the book of Nod, it's going to say this. And if you listen to the Urchius fragments, they're going to say this. But if you look very closely at the running commentary from the four commenters on the Urchius fragments, they give you a little bit more backstory. And my friend is looking at me like I have a penis growing out of my eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I, are you I, mean, I would agree with about? you. I mean, that, that's the thing is like these books are, they're low. They're wonderful in character books, but they're written like, in almost in an academic context, and it's like if you're in for that, you're in for that. But but that's not that's, that's not a, that's not the entry level stuff. Yeah, right? yeah that's a barrier. Di- that's a direct barrier entry because White Wolf prided itself from when it's developed as like we are not D and D. We are not ha- holding your hand right. with our content. That means we're gonna try to go to a much more mature place and a more much more sophisticated place. At least try to. <laughs> and so, I mean, yeah, and the driving force kind of behind the Dark Archive was I felt like there needed to be a bridge between Kane was the first vampire, that's all you need to know, and, okay, let me go get seven books and let you read all of them. There yeah. needs to be a somewhere in the center. And my first thought was, well, I'll write, I'll write a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I realized that it's really, it is, it is more difficult than it should be to, to read a book while you're driving. Yeah. So, <laughs> or, you know, doing your job. Right, right. Not that as a registered nurse, I would be listening to podcasts while I was working because I, I would, that would not be, do no, that. that would be on the irresponsible. record. I would not no, never do that. That would be do ridiculous. That. That's dangerous. I have never done that, and I feel like I'm belaboring the point, which makes you think I definitely have done that. So Doth protest too much? Mm, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, your format is perfect. I'm actually kicking myself right now, but then I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Because it's so succinct in that, especially in a podcast format. You have distinct, discrete content. If it was even a book or even an audio book format, I'd have to scroll through like an hour to get to the player that I really want. Now I can be like, oh, we're going to we're gonna play a game of Mage, and you're going to need to know a lot about the technocracy. Hey, go over to the Dark Archive, look up the technocracy section, and start pulling all the technocracy episodes. Listen yeah, to that. That is, exactly, that, that, is, that is exactly what I was thinking when I, I divided it the way I did, because yeah. I want players to be able to say... I want a storyteller to be able to say, hey, you know what? I really want to run a mage game set just after the fall of Duasetep. But my players aren't going to know what that means. So uh, luckily, there's a Dark Archive entry about the fall of Duasetep. So they yep. can go listen to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that way, it, as a GM tool, it's like, I don't have to sit here for an hour to try to explain my interpretation of what happened so you guys have that understanding. You can start listening to you very eloquently and professionally done that that has been my my curse uh in the past trying to run world of darkness games of like like depending on how many new players i have to get into like i love i love white wolf games my my favorite white wolf game is the trinity universe stuff oh yeah um yeah mm, yeah but like i remember like when it had come out and i was trying to get to, to run it with people who didn't know about it, I had to be like, "All right, well, the first we first we do this is I'm going to have to teach a class uh, because this shit is really fucking well, intricate." W- well, what uh, to go on to that point? Uh, I was in Aber- uh, Scott's aberrant play by email game, and I was, I was like, "What is this aberrant thing?" It's superheroes, and like, but they have superpowers, but it's very, it's all very 
uh, realistic or trying to be realistic and uh, it's more mature. And I started reading it and went, holy crap. And started like, okay, now I got to read this book and I need to read this book. And now I got to get into adventure. And now I got to get into Trinity. And now I'm seeing the timeline open up before me. But that took several weeks, if not months of work on Scott's part and my part to, to, to get a comprehensive viewpoint. Yeah. And and that's what it was like. And I think that, yeah. that it's I, I good don't... for what it is, but for entry level, what you're doing is just fantastic. But so I, I had this group of people, they they really wanted me to run a mage game, and I'm like, well, yeah, I've had this mage game in my head for a while, I wanted to run a mage game set in Brooklyn in the early 90s, so I uh, I, I put the game together, and they said, cool, what do we need to know about the world? And I oh, said, what do, you, what do you mean, what do you need to know about the world? And they said, oh, we, we don't know anything about mage. And I said, so I, I just developed a game set literally during the second Avatar Storm, and I've got to explain what all of that means to you? Oh, God. Um, um, well, all right. Get some Cheetos, sit in those happy chairs. We're going to be here yeah. for a while. Get um, comfy. Uh, does anybody have uh, the complete works of Aristotle? Because we're going to need that. We're going to need <laughs> Oh, man. And so, you know, like, and that that is my hope is that, uh, you know, clearly when I've got... Now, unfortunately, I'll, I'll warn you guys that um, right now the, the release schedule is when I'm doing, doing an active chapter, one episode a week, and then a week break between chapters. Uh, that is going to slow down once I start to do some of the other projects that have been on the back burner for me. Uh, but I want to get out a good solid four chapters before I start slowing down. I want to get out um, enough work where people who are just coming onto the show will have enough episodes that by the time um, I'm done on whatever break I'm doing for another thing, then they'll have something new to listen to because they listen to the whole backlog. And and. That's a very good approach, a weekly episodes. There's a reason we don't do weekly episodes. Because it producing is a pain in the everyone um, ass. Yeah, yeah, getting everyone together at the same time, even if we were to do like three or four episodes in a row, that's that's a chunk of time. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of editing on the back end. As everyone who plays role-playing games knows, getting more than two adults in a room at the same time for any amount of time whatsoever, uh, it's hard. It's, and it gets yeah. infinitely harder the older you get. Like. Yep. When we were in college, like, oh, yeah, sure, we can play a weekly game, not a problem. Hit hit 25, everyone starts getting full-time jobs, and they have relationships, girlfriends, boyfriends, wives, husbands. Yeah, what, what? that just goes away. Well, they also, what? like, we used to all live just down the hall from each yeah, other. Yeah, right. Now yeah. I live 30 minutes away, you know, like... Uh, we used to we used to play uh, we used to vampire LARP literally every Saturday. I would jump off the roof if I was doing that right now. It's <laughs> once a month if I've got it in me, and right. I run a game. No, so, no. <laughs> by the way, I run a game uh, here in Atlanta. If you want to come by and check out a uh, World of Darkness, it, as told by just a phenomenal storyteller um, <laughs> and a humble classy too. guy, humble, humble too, classy yeah. so dude. Humble. Ask ask these gentlemen here, and they'll put you in touch with me, and you can come play in my uh, my cam. Uh, oh, don't worry. Yeah. At the end of the show, you'll get to plug everything in it. Fantastic. You want. Yeah. Uh, yeah, White Wolf likes to talk a, talk a big game about like personal horror and you know the monsters in the shadow. But you know what? Responsibilities like <laughs> bills. <laughs> like, uh, uh, whoa, whoa, oh, what's the game we need to make? Uh, 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 our generation's uh, whole. Which fuck, is uh, fuck Clan La Sombra. I've got a fucking health insurance bill. To uh, yeah. Oh, um, fucking debt and maladies. Death and maladies. Debt and maladies. Oh, debt and maladies. Yeah, debt and maladies. Yeah, it's, it's that. Uh, 
that that should be a Patreon goal. We'll eventually write and and play out dead analogies. Yeah, where where like uh, so uh, today's arc villain is your insurance agent, and you have to get pre approval for your broken ankle, which technically they're calling a pre existing condition. Now you need to roll the following. Oh, they're going to be chart charts. I promise you, tons of charts. They got to be. <clears throat> the whole book has to be written in Excel. Do you remember oh, whole yeah, butter your holesmas? I do. Oh, man. Remember the character creation where it's like, okay, you, you get out of bed. Roll to get out of bed. Wait, what? Yeah, roll yeah. to get out of bed to see if you die during character creation. Uh, okay, I, I guess. It's so silly. So <laughs> beautiful game. Beautiful, stupid, I awesome. Like, when you guys mentioned it in that episode, I cheered out loud in my car. Because I'm like, oh, my God, I've got it sitting on my shelf. I thought it was the only person who oh remembered it. Oh, my God, I want I need to see that. I yeah. haven't seen it in I don't years. have the supplement. I've only got the, the, the original, original core, but I have The original hole? I've actually never seen the original hole. I've seen buttery holes in this. Oh, uh, yeah, man. I'll bring it over next cool. time. Yeah, cool. no, Excellent. Yeah, no, uh, holes. Holes one of those, like... Like you gotta, if you ever have have ever touched what hole, <laughs> uh, you you're probably an old school white wolfer of some stripe. I, I think that may have been the first book released under the black dog. I think it label. was. I think it was. Uh, that's it, some that's some archiving. Uh, think about that potentially on uh, way down the line. As a joke episode, well, a joke episode, episode. <laughs> or or actual historical. Like, let's not look at the in-game world. Let's look at sort of the companies and right. real life stuff that happened because it went through very tumultuous mm-hmm. time and both in when it first inception to its heyday oh, yeah. to its it's to its uh, I had to say fallow downfall. Period. Let's say it's fallow, fallow period. Yeah, fallow period with then it's the CCP. Mm-hmm. Then you got uh, Chronicles of Darkness and now you got White Wolf Entertainment, which is trying to spearhead it into the 22nd century multimedia empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so one of the things we, I, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised by the idea that eventually I'm going to start trying to, uh, at the very least, uh, recoup my costs on mm-hmm. this. Um, so there will eventually be some variation of monetization. I'm, I'm talking to White Wolf right now about what that will look like. Uh, and definitely um, sort of patron goals or patron uh, extras, one of the things that I've uh, I'm, I'm going to try very hard to do is, is I know most of the folks who work, work for White Wolf and By Night, um, and I would love to do you know quick 10, 15 minute interviews with these guys, it's like you know, to do exactly that and, and put that behind you know like hey toss me a couple of bucks a month I'll I'll give you an interview with a former president um, of White Wolf who lives like 20 minutes from here yeah nice. That's uh, one it, good thing about being in Atlanta. We do we are we live amongst the houses that White Wolf built, so yep. we can you know kind of nail that down and, a lo- and, little easier, and which is great because I listen to a couple of movie podcasts, and one's called Junk Food Cinema, and a couple others that I listen to like. And one of the cool things I love hearing the stories about the back end of somebody knew a guy who knew a guy who actually knew was on set for this movie and stuff, and you you and other people around in Atlanta could produce that level of yeah. content that we have, we very people get to see. I remember growing up in the cam when I started doing the cam, I'd meet all the people who knew the guys who went to the White Wolf uh, White Wolf offices. And I eventually eventually got to go to the old White Wolf offices. The one in Lilburn? Yeah, yeah. The old one uh, bef- uh, about a year or two before they fi- officially shut the doors. Yeah. I got to take some stuff away <laughs> from it. <laughs> but I've it, never I would tell you this out of all the people that have ever talked to in at any level of hanging out with White Wolf, nobody has ever said that they went to that office and didn't leave with an armful of free stuff. No, they just have palaces. Of just, and they were like, um, and you're like, can I take this book? And they that, were always like, we well, don't even know what's back there. Just as a great it. story, uh, I used to run a convention called Nerdicon, and I, you know, I didn't know that White Wolf 
played it like that. But one time I'm like, hey, we're a little convention down in Columbus, Georgia, but and we, you know, we wanted to give some stuff away, and we, we just wanted to see. They sent me two thousand dollars worth of new, you know, new wad Chronicles of Darkness books, like really okay stuff too, like yeah. good stuff. And I was like, um. I have no idea what to do with this at this point, so I guess I'm keeping half. I think half. for a, a midwinter gaming convention, it was either last year or the year before. They just provided the convention with like enough enough core books that. Oh, I'm sorry, it was Grand Masquerade, uh, but it was everybody who went got a swag bag, and in your swag bag was a core book of something. And like wow. you're talking about thirty dollar core books, and they, they've always been very very generous. Um, they've always been very supportive of their fan base, and I'm really hoping uh, to see that as they they launch back into the stratosphere circa the late 90s, which I absolutely believe is about to happen with the release of this werewolf if, game. If, if they if they do it just right and they mine their P's and Q's and they go forward, you're absolutely correct. And I, I believe we're going to see, within the next five years, we are going to see a, a resurgence of the heyday of White Wolf. And when that happens, I mean, because a lot of people don't realize when you when you think about werewolf and vampire stories today, you think about things like Twilight and you think about things like that. You got to understand that, yeah, of course, those have some Anne Rice uh, um, influence in them. But so much of that is White Wolf influence that people don't even know. This idea yeah. that werewolves and vampires don't like each other, that's entirely White Wolf. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's called Underworld, actually, yeah. because there was a giant lawsuit over it because it it was ridiculous. There, there was, was no settlement. way the guy didn't have inundated rule books right on set. So uh, there's a uh, <laughs> there's a uh, one of the most embarrassing stories. Like I told you, I, I'm I'm a barfly who's been buzzing around White Wolf for a long time. I'm not a cool guy who is best friends with everybody. I just have been around. Mm. Uh, and I used to every year one of the big things that CCP White Wolf used to do, and White Wolf had had a long history of doing, was throwing a huge St. Patrick's Day party, and it would be this this rollicking pub crawl. Uh, used to be Limerick Junction, became Decatur Square for a while, but the first time that I was invited to one of these things, I had been buzzing around White Wolf for probably ten years, and I got invited, and it was like, oh my god, I'm going. And it turns out. Yeah, great. You got invited. You also could have just gone. It's not like they bought out Limerick yeah, Junction. It's, <laughs> so it's I, still a public space. I you feel kind of like up. a doofus because I'm like, I could have just shown up all this time. But, you know, nonetheless, it was cool. There were White Wolf people there. who And it's wolf. cool to say, I got invited. Right. right. It's so, a little different, though, than just rolling up on them. Yeah. Like, you guys are here, too. Hey, what's yeah. up, dudes? <laughs> now, so, uh, yeah, so, so I, I was there and I was at the bar and I used to be a pretty heavy drinker and I'd had several... Uh, I think Irish car bombs is what they're called. I'd had. Ooh, oh, that, they were ready for the night. Called, having yes. a day. And, uh, uh, and, and, and that very topic came up, Underworld. And I was going through the same rants about like how people do not realize how much cultural influence White Wolf has had over the entire genre, of the entire horror genre, really. Yep. And, uh, and, and, and there, this, this fella uh, came up and he was just sort of leaning on the bar and listening to me speak. And, and I got on my rant about Underworld and, and I said something... Uh, you know, like, I can't even recall exactly what it was, but it was something that was, you know, I didn't really know what the hell I was talking about. And right. I was like, man, I can't believe they didn't just take stick it to Sony. I can't believe they didn't just take him to the mat, man. They had a case. It was pretty obvious. Plus all of the stuff that we now know about the fact that that script was actually really was White Wolf fan fiction that had been taken from somewhere else or something like that. And the guy, the guy was just like really intently just staring at me and grinning. And I'm like, you know, about maybe about. Five minutes into this rant, I'm like, this guy knows a lot more than I do. I don't know who he is, but I've said something very stupid. And so he steps forward and he's like, so so tell me more about what White Wolf should have done to stop Sony, this this company that has billion dollar lawyers. Please tell me. And I'm like, I feel like 
I feel like you're going to tell me I'm an idiot now. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you you're an idiot. Um, but, you know, he started really kind of explaining, like, all this other stuff. And I'm like, who are you? And he's like, oh, I'm Mike Tenney. I'm the president of White Wolf. And uh, and I'm like, oh, oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, well, um, uh, can can you smash this glass over my head? I'd appreciate it. I would right really now. love it. Uh, I'll be back after I puke. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that one time I finally got invited to a White Wolf party and I made a complete asshole out of my <laughs> the president of White Wolf? Um. But it turns out that Mike was very forgiving and thought it was adorable and hilarious, I guess, because he doesn't hate me. So that's no, cool. Well, I, no. I, I, but it was... At but, the end of the day, it, well, of course, it's like, uh, at least this guy really cares enough about my shit to yeah. where, like, he hates Sony for this. Yeah, so, I mean... You know, but I mean, you know, I th- I think in the long long run, Underworld did great things for White Wolf. Yeah, I think yeah, it, it, really yeah, got it, there. it brought sort of the dark, sexy, cool. But granted, we had several years later, we had then the Twilight craze. Um, yeah. I, I feel like we we had like the dead zone, like during the Twilight craze. I feel like it actually that that was the most muted it got. Well, all, all, there was a lot of there was a period where just undeath sucked i guess as part of a me in, in media all of all undeath just sucked for a while i, I feel like I, I feel like the the actual problem there was not i don't feel like it was a dead zone at all i feel like it was a, it was a problem of trying to figure out how to market to a new audience mm. because if you could have gotten bored housewives into vampire the masquerade during that time period we we would we wouldn't be this wouldn't be a question anymore. That's We'd be true. sitting here like, oh my god, everybody in the world plays Vampire. The it, yep, it's true, yeah. and I guess it's just it hit the it hit an audience, and you know, there's only so many Gen Xers that it, it was it was the zeitgeist when White Wolf came up. It was the hot new shit. It was we're not D and D. We're trying something new. We're trying to tell more sophisticated stories. And then the grunge movement came through. You had disenfranchised 20-somethings and teenagers all going, trying to be like, trying to express themselves in very new, different ways. And White Wolf came and going and go, you can tell your dark, dark stories. Right. Yeah, and they so were like... I think we're rolling on towards a time where there's going to be a lot more disenfranchised yeah, people. And, and I was going to say, V5 board. is about to hit another zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah and, and, and with, a modern, with a modern perception. And it's going to be very interesting how that, the world of darkness and as advanced technology as we have, how that interact because the old ones, like in the eighty, late eighty, uh, late 80s, early 90s, you didn't have cell phones everywhere. You didn't have cameras everywhere. The whole point was it was the the mystery in the next room. Right. It was the thing you can't see. It, it is weird how, like, everything gets ratcheted up in difficulty because, you know, technology is real. Yeah. 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 So uh, going back to Twilight a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. this is a personal story, uh, somewhat embarrassing. Uh, so... Uh, my sister's like six years older than me, and of course, like we had the the big sister, little brother, like you know, making fun of each other and giving each other shit for literally everything we could possibly could, which included my role playing and my white, you know, being into White Wolf stuff. Um, and so Twilight comes around, and she starts being a big fan of it, uh, and you know, the, the, like the the conversations that that circled Oof. around that, and she, knowing how to get under my skin, got me to say the phrase. Real vampires don't sparkle, <laughs> uh, and and I have I have I have taken that one on the chin with regularity. She pulls it out. It's a go-to for her. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Happy th- th- yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Hey, the hey holiday- Scott, come here, come here. We gotta do something. Yeah, it's, no. The, ho- the holidays are coming up. I'm I'm getting ready for it. I've got <laughs> my spirit. I've donned my spiritual like sister armor. Uh, so real, real vampires work on tax reform. That's true. Yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah. Actually, uh, a little anecdote uh, to the whole like undead craze thing. There's a little bit of a pet theory in about movies that 
when Republican, when you generally have a lot of Republican representation, uh, you get a lot of zombie movies. And the reverse, if you have a lot of Democrats, you get a lot of vampire movies. Right. Uh, it's 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 a very weird dichotomy of like there's just the trends are correlate a little bit with each other throughout the history. So what you're saying is White Wolf, if you really want to see your 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 stock soars, let's really put some money behind the DNC 2018. <laughs> super uh, packs. Yeah, super guys, packs. Let's get let's White Wolf oh, you guys, this around. You guys didn't hear about the new Project Zombie the Shuffling that's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we uh I I for one um Support Smiling Jack for President 2020. Oh, because yeah. it couldn't get worse. Yeah, no, hey, he he really does speak for us all. He really does. When he does say fuck it, he yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh god, Smiling Jack. When you meet him, so we obviously did the episode over uh, Vampire Bloodlines. Bloodlines yeah, so Smiling Jack, he's your he's your number one guy at the beginning. Man, he's an ass. Murphy is playing. Bloodlines for the first time. Oh, oh shit. that is gonna oh, wow. be precious. And she's like, I just like Smiling Jack. He's fun. I'm yeah. like, Yeah, he is. Oh uh, yeah, just keep playing. Keep, He's great. Keep hanging out with Smiling Jack. Don't listen to McNeil. Smiling Jack is great. <laughs> By the end of the game, you're like, Wait a minute, maybe I should have been listening to McNeil this whole time. Well, it's too late now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, maybe. Oh, I've just been a toady, but everyone's been telling me what to do. I am everyone's Shit. errand boy. Maybe I should have picked who I was. And, an and, and boy this is a, a retreading about old territory, but again, and I think James, you'll agree, uh, Bloodlines is one of the best representations that you could get an accessible representation of what a I hate to say hate to say it like this, but a real vampire the masquerade game. Kind I mean, of feel it like. definitely. I remember. I mean, I everybody who who plays video games and likes White Wolf remembers the first time that they, they yep. played through it. And and I I played through as a Ventru and like I thought like you know it's a, it's a very sort of it's a first person combat game. But you mm-hmm. play a Ventru, you don't have all the combat yeah, skills, yeah. but you can totally get through the game on on the powers that you do have and. I mean, when you get to that, I will tell you to this day that the thing, the best moment, and you guys know that I love horror. That's sort of my thing. The best moment in that game to this day, I will go back. I have a save state where I will go back and just keep playing the section uh, where you meet um, the Nagaraja. Oh, yeah. I love everything about that section. I love that character. I am. Uh, I hope that if uh, there, there's always rumor swirling that Paradox is going to, you know, Bloodlines 2 is going to be a thing. And, and you know, if there are any Paradox and White Wolf employees, you know, listening or whatever, please bring oh, back thank you for but Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. <laughs> also, my name is James Davey, and I would work for you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but please bring back to Nagaraja, because she was she so was amazing. amazing. That that scene, as far as horror is concerned, and the Haunted House. The Haunted uh, House. God, the Haunted, the haunted House. house I was, it's so early the in the out. game. It's so early in the game. I did, by the way, my first playthrough of the game was last year. So, Fair you enough, know, man. I, I had to get there at some point, right? I think I'm on playthrough 30 at this I point. Was, yeah. I, I, and I was like, you know, fuck me. I'm going to be a Nosferatu my first time through. So that's a, what I was. So I'm just this shirtless asshole with a baseball bat in a haunted house. I'm alone in my house. It's really dark. And, you know, the you know how the music gets in oh, yeah. there. And, and just, it's like, I don't know anything. And I find myself just, I would walk around a corner. I'd just swing the bat into stuff and be like... Okay. Oh god. Oh god. Oh god. Oh, yeah, so the stuff start flying. You start a... taking damage. And you're like, "What do I do?" And you just start running. Yep. You just start running because that's the only thing you can do. Well, it 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 hammered home the fact that even though you're this terrible creature of the night, you are in a world of darkness, and there are things around that are older, scarier, and badder than you. There's teeth all the yep. way down. Uh, 
Um, there's another really great moment. The whole scene is not necessarily that awesome, but there's a beautiful moment when you're on top of the mountain and you're trying to get on that ski lift because uh-huh. you know that you're up there with werewolves. Mm-hmm. And you, the only thing you know about werewolves is that Beckett has said, don't screw around with werewolves. They're bad. And so you're like, oh, God, I, I heard a howl. And you turn around and, and they're... silhouetted. You don't even really see yeah. them up close, but silhouetted. There's like nine of them. It's like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm done. I'm out. I got to hit escape. I got to go take a pee forever. Mm-hmm. I can't. Oh, my Running God. Running from that werewolf. That oh, was, God. Running from the werewolf. The most butthole tightening mm-hmm. nonsense that I've ever experienced. And the beauty of that game is how well it still holds up. Yeah, I mean, the game is Half-Life Engine. Yeah. Da, da, yeah, da, da, it da. still holds the up. The only reason why it didn't, I think we when we covered this mm. the last, I think the, if I remember correctly, the reason it didn't do well is because I think half Life. The, it, there was a, there was some there was actually some there's a lot around that game as yeah. to like what it was how it, how it was when it it, it it its release got rushed because of half because yeah, of its, of its relationship with Half Life too and and unfortunately got drowned out and that was the it biggest got, problem it got, it got drowned, drowned out, out. Oh. there were some pretty unforgivable bugs in the initial release also yeah. now if you're choosing to like just start doing it the modding community again just a bunch of beautiful beautiful geniuses mm-hmm. well, i think the uh, unofficial camarilla patches on version 9 yes. yeah if 9 if in the probably still to like, oh you want backgrounds you want like you know other archetypes, other clans, other clans. Other you want to do the you want to do the sabat run you can do that like I ran through my most recent run through is as a setite, and Ooh. I mean it was legit. It was cool. There were you know when they, when they there are some things that don't make as much sense because they you know they don't really adapt the story too much. So I'm playing a setite and I'm just wandering around a Tremere Chantry and the, <laughs> and and Archibald or whatever his name is like hey uh, hey how you doing man it's no big deal you're a setite we're cool like I don't think that would be a thing uh, head cannon this is just my head cannon it's cool guy yeah it's cool there buddies. Um, but yeah, no, uh, that's why I'm, I have a lot of high hopes for the new werewolf art, uh, computer too. game yep. thing that yep, they're yep, doing. Yep. I'm hoping that that, that is what bloodlines was for vampire. Yes. Uh, because I think, because as they're, they're, they're focusing so much, like what we're seeing out of the new, new version of white wolf is, is a lot of vampire focused, but the fact that they're doing that werewolf game signals to me that they're thinking about the future and they're thinking about the and other I games. I actually think werewolf's a little more approachable. Oh, totally. With the current atmosphere you have, like Teen Wolf was a fairly good and successful television show that has a little bit of roots if you if you if you read between the lines about with with werewolf and especially the forsaken and all of that it, it's some there's something about like an ecological apocalypse <laughs> that's coming, uh, yeah. where, where you know it's, it's the hubris of man and our and our, and and our, terrible, explo- our exploitation of the the human you know really really weird out there horror stuff you know, yeah, has no real connection an, an evil corporation to, oh, poisoning well, I've always everything ar- i've always argued too that i think that if if the goal of white wolf right now is to recruit a brand new audience because that that should be the goal at this mm-hmm. point we're all dinosaurs and you know yeah we're just we're <laughs> it's time it's time to get new folks in and if you want to get the millennial crowd in i have always felt uh that that werewolf should be the base game werewolf is so much more approachable um as as a as a group of players uh vampire even in, in a tabletop setting has a tendency to run pvp um and and werewolf 
automatic golden turtle rule because even if you PvP, you don't kill each other. There's no drive to kill each other nope, because nope. you're all you're all great warriors for this ecological crisis, and you all need each other. I mean, you need each other. There's I mean, a necessity. To there's it. a dominant struggle aspect to it, but right. that, but but the, at the, the end of the day, you're all superheroes who may not always like each other, but mm-hmm. you have to be on. The, you're all Which, the Avengers. Actually, I like. You know why? Here's the here's big thing. When you have vampire PvP and social conflict can get toxic very quickly. Yep. If you have a sort of a structure in a role playing game where this is a dominance play, but just because I won in this instance doesn't mean you I win forever, and and we can work out our differences and eventually maybe you can come to respect my approach to it, and then we won't have to have this dominance play later on. Beauty of the stare down system. Yep. It, it it distills all of that hostility into one singular moment, and it's the stare down. Yeah. And whoever wins the stare down, the other guy goes. Okay, well, all right, well, yeah. we'll talk about this later. Uh, yeah. But but as an aside, uh, when you, the episode where you guys were all uh, going around mo- recently talking about the, the one game that you'd love to play that you've never had the opportunity to play, I will run a game of The Forsaken for you. Ah, uh, thank you. Uh, Werewolf The Forsaken is one of the hands-down most fun games I have ever played. It is gorgeous in every possible way. And I personally think, I personally think that, you know what, never mind. <laughs> I, I, I have I have my new favorite. Did I say Sha- did I say Shadowrun for that one? I'll run Shadowrun as well. Shit. All uh, right. we'll, hey, we, hey everyone. Matt, patron only Google. content coming right down the pipe. Open the Google Calendar now. Yeah, we'll do. We'll yeah, do. I mean, we'll, I, I, uh, my I, people will call to your people. By that I mean we're just talking gotta, to each other right now. Yeah, we'll <laughs> talk yeah, to each other. I got a roll twenty account. Yeah, <laughs> your patrons want to do a Werewolf the Forsaken one shot, man. I love I'm that. down. Here's the reason why, and I'll be very brief. The reason I like Forsaken, I just find it a little bit easier to manage because. I, I, I get kind of sick of in Apocalypse, like, oh, I'm just going to be the nine foot tall. I'm always going to be in my nine foot tall scary mode, and there's no reason I shouldn't be when I'm talking to other werewolves. I'm like, no, that is a battle form. You are in a psych- near psychotic state when you're in that. You're yep. not supposed to it stay. Which they have the, mechanically reflected in yeah. Forsaken. If you're in which is why I love it fight. so much, which is more, more of why I say that Team Wolf had a relationship with it because their, most of their time, their combat thing was in that almost semi a little bit werewolfy state where they got bigger and stronger and tougher, but that was it. But they could still use guns and, and hit each other with weapons but and you claws. Couldn't, but you weren't allowed to wear a shirt, right? No, no. That automatically just came right wear, the hell off. Yeah, I, And I will, I will say, um, because I know somebody's going to ask, the answer is yes and no. Yes, I do eventually plan to spread the archive into the Chronicles of Darkness, Ooh. but no, it will be a separate endeavor. It will be called something similar no, but totally. different, and it will be, but it will still be done with the same style because the Chronicles of Darkness also have some very good, very deep stories that need to be told. Um, I, I already, sort of as a side project for myself, started writing the, the, the story of Lunginus, who is uh, super, super important. Uh, we'll need to talk because there's what I liked about the Chronicles so much when it first got introduced. It was because the idea of I had been just fatigued by so much meta knowledge from all my players that I'm like, I can't play with you guys because you know everything that's going on. You know as much as I do, and this isn't fun. There's no mystery to it because you'll immediately start connecting dots and then you're solved the puzzle. But with Chronicles, it explicitly was such a new game and it was like, now there's like five origin stories. Your gene can pick from any one of them. Go have fun. And just they kept the the history a mystery 
and nothing made anything really there's a there's a beautiful bloodline i can't remember the name it off the top of my head i I believe it is a i believe it is a ventru bloodline uh but what they do is they are they are they are explicitly the vampires who remember oh yeah Mm. yeah but they don't yeah (laughs) Like the whole thing, like they're the, they're called like they, they maybe even called like the archivist or something mm-hmm. like that. But they supposedly remember everything. When they go into torpor, they don't forget. Yeah, yeah. Lose. But then like there's this little sidebar down at the bottom. It's like oh, but uh, they're all wrong, and they actually they they will frenzy if you tell them this. But the truth is, they remember everything incorrectly too. Still to this day, nobody knows the truth. They just have a, they just have a really really nice construct of that incorrect information, right. whereas everyone else has fog. Well, they're they're explicitly willing to kill you. Over mm-hmm. you saying they're wrong. That's that's yeah, the that's difference. their weakness yeah. is yeah. that they have a psychosis. Actually, right. <laughs> their body, their minds have just literally formed all of their knowledge, and it cannot be incorrect knowledge. Right. Uh, but yeah, so eventually, I do want to move into doing some archive entries. Uh, when we get sort of when I get a little bit more clout, and I've got some more episodes under my belt, and I understand production a little bit better, um, my plan is to move into some some interesting other arenas like well you know the the general archive uh entries will always be i'm going to tell you a story uh from the world of darkness that is a cohesive narrative teased out of like god man when i get to dracula that's going to require that's going to require a dozen hours so i want to already mention that because you just sparked my brain on this listening to the episodes uh, uh, I already knew sort of this history of enoch enoch and the city even the first city and how it all put together you started pulling out names and references i had never heard before how about i explicitly named all of the uh, you named yeah. every yeah. antediluvians yeah, yeah all I, the I, I, was, you know I, was, I was listening to that today and there were a couple i'm like who the fuck is he talking about I, I and i've i read the clan books so that was one of my first big like reading adventures was the clan books and that's something that particular like list is one is something you can only get i mean i'm sure someone has a wikipedia article mm-hmm. at this point but like um, if you don't go looking for that that's like Oh wow, that's that's all of them. Well, not to be to be well, fair all, on all on some of those names, I had to take some poetic license because there's still a lot of debate. Like specifically, Ilias as uh, the Bruja into Deluvian. Yep. We know that there was a Bruja into Deluvian that Troila uh, diabolized, mm-hmm. and his name is listed as Ilias in one place. Huh. Um, so I used it. I'm calling him Ilias. Uh, but there are other names, too. Like, I ended up not saying Zemitsi's name because Zemitsi's mm-hmm. name is actually Zemitsi. Mm-hmm. But it is pronounced differently by every person oh, yeah. who's oh, ever yeah. said it. So I decided I'm not actually saying his name. His crimes were know, too terrible to mention. He, he's the name. greatest evil. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and actually, I have, I've already had uh, one listener uh, get on to me because I called Ventru. Ventru and mm-hmm. not Vidartha. Um, but to that listener, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Vidartha is Ventru's child. He is not Ventru himself. Oh, and, shit. you know, that's okay. And I applaud you for taking that on the chin as far as that is concerned because there will people, there will be the fan base coming at you. Oh, yeah. At left and right, trying to correct you and say you're wrong. And I'm like, and you keep. From here at Polyhedron, keep doing what you're doing. So, you're doing yeah, a great job. I, I know you just started, uh, but one of my favorite a- favorite aspects of listening to to it is like teasing out like I think a very subtle difference between James Davy and the Archivist. Yeah, that, that's like it's, I yeah. really love that aspect of it of like how who is this person like is this some Arcanum guy? Because like I can tell you that that is uh, we already have a seasonal arc to explain more about the Archivist. Excellent. Oh, thank God! Yay. Yay. Dude, yeah, dude, I think 
were were we on air last time and we talked about yeah, that? Yeah, I, I don't think we were on air because I'm just like. Oh my god, I need this guy to actually have a story going on. He, he absolutely... The archivist has a full story. The archive itself has a full story. I love uh, it. And I Yay. can tell you that I, mm-hmm. I, I hope that I am not uh, setting myself up for failure by saying this, but it is my intention to eventually release on the Storyteller's Vault uh, an explanation and, and an actual setting guide for the archive itself. Yeah, That's, because like in do the, it in the most recent in the re- like I, I love picking up little little hints here and there. It's one of my favorite things whenever I'm listening to any kind of media. I'm glad that somebody is noticing those oh, yeah. I'm well, no, them because I'm putting them because in the earlier episodes it wasn't clear. Um, like, is this guy a vampire? Because he's talking about all this stuff. But but I believe you mentioned something like in reference to humanity, and you referred to your like us. I said we, 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 kin- we kindred or something. Yeah, we, no, no, he didn't say we no, kindred. He, didn't. he, he the, I the, said uh, when I referenced humanity, the archivist specifically said. Uh, we have to discuss what all of these things mean to us. Exactly. And yes. Like, and like, uh, yeah. he's including himself uh, in humanity. Yeah. So like, he could be uh, just a dude. He could be a really smart hunter. He could be a mage because many mages still consider themselves that's human. That's true. There, there's a lot of variety of things uh, the archivist could I'm, be. I'm, I'm and put, then some. I'm putting my $5 down on him being a member of the Arcanum. I am, you, don't I am, have, you, don't have to, you don't have to say shit. I, I tell you what... Uh, the the beauty of what I well I I'd like that's a little arrogant of me to say but the thing that I'm proud of of what I'm doing with the arc of a story himself is that he will never explicitly tell you what he is uh. but if you listen um, by around this time next year you should have gotten a pretty good bead on who and what and actually physically where he is Ooh. interesting which is great the reason I started getting really into it when I you posted on the stuff because we just talked about v5 and you released about the same time one of your, your episode zero and your episode one I started listening to it I told Scott and I just got the limetown vibe off of it because you God, were really so you good. were you were giving me the sense of there's a story here that you're you're teasing out in front of us. Now, you didn't hold as true as you were in the later episodes because you actually said, I'm James Davey, I'm, right. I'm the guy, this is what I'm doing, which I'm perfectly fine with. The mystery is only slightly diminished versus everything else. Well, now else. You're, just, you're just our storyteller, and you're that's You're just our storyteller. Yeah. Well, and, and, yeah, and there's a couple of reasons I decided to do the breaking character stinger at the end, um, and one of them is because I don't ever want to be in a... Like, I, I'm absolutely going to plug Polyhedron in a future episode, and Yay. I want that to be a thing that I can do. Mm-hmm. And if uh, um, I got to talking to Opti, who runs Neo, Anarchist, which is a Shadowrun in-character meta-telling of their history. And and he's he's a little shackled in some places because he can't break character because he's right. got a hundred episodes of him never breaking character. Yeah, he's he's got he's committed to the bit. Right. He can't he can't be like, oh and hey guys, I wanted to let you know about this other project I'm working on. He has to do that through other channels. I don't ever want to shackle myself that way. Right. Also, I really, really dug the you know, sort of idea I had in a fever dream in the middle of the night of uh, so James Davey comes out and says, I, I did this. This is me. You can tell this is an entirely different voice. And then as I give you the stinger at the end, I fall back into the voice of the narrator. And you're like, what What the hell just happened? Is he the narrator? Is the narrator taking I love him it. over? I love or, it. Or is this all just a sort of meta joke? And the, the truth is, it's, it's a meta joke. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so the, the archivist has a full story that will be sort of dropped in bits and pieces and hints and bits all over. I can't um, wait. I love that shit. I appreciate that. Uh, and one of the things that I'm really excited about, too, is that some of the NPCs uh, that are being discussed will also, like, look, we're doing Kim and Terry. Kim and Terry can show up at any time and be anyone. And there's nothing to say necessarily to the archivist isn't Kim and Terry. So. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, no, no, I, I love that. I'm looking forward. I'm very happy to hear you say that because... 
that's the kind of shit that like I love the history of the world of darkness, but if you add that extra layer of spice, into but now it, it's another story on top of that story we right. also like. And, so. and mm. what you hit on what impressed me immediately, besides not recognizing your voice, because I haven't really met you, uh, you know, met for like super two or long. Three times. Yeah, so I couldn't understand that that was your act, that wasn't your actual voice. I didn't know who that was, and somebody said, "Yeah, it's James." I'm like. That doesn't sound like change. But what you got of as your first project right out the gate was atmosphere and production. It, absolutely, because I obviously your, I put together a podcast. And your I, music choices are very good. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really glad that you guys noticed that because since I don't really know what the hell I'm doing, hmm. uh, recording an episode usually takes about an hour and a half and producing it usually takes about 10 yeah, so, no, actually, that's about right. Yeah, if okay. the quality that you're going for, even especially since you're doing it completely by yourself and you have a hard script that you're trying to get through, for being your first time and tour fumbling through it, you're doing a fantastic job, so keep it yeah, up. And you'll only you. get better, guys. I, this will only get better. Yeah, I'm, I'm I know real... exactly what room you're in. But I like. So, sorry to jump back to that. I know what room the archivist is sitting in. I can see that room. Good. Because, you know, it's just like the, pian- the soft piano. And, and, like, of course, you know, there's a, gl- there's a glass of something. And, like, and some candlelight, <laughs> and and there's there's and he's maybe got a book or two right in front of him. He kind of just flips through absolute references Mm -hmm. and they're they're gonna be musical choices that will be a little like as we slip into Kim and Terry you're gonna hear I I hope that the site that I subscribe to has stuff like this but I hope that you will hear more woodwinds as we slip into the telling of the formation of the Anarch Free State you can expect to hear more early 90s punk oh Oh, yay yeah no I, I I really like it uh, it's really good and, and I, I know that as time goes on just by the sheer nature of the fact that we're in Atlanta and there's such a robust community like the your ability to draw on that because I was so happy when I actually heard a female voice as the voice of Lilith yeah like I was like is he gonna is, is it is it gonna be I like I like James he can do a female voice but this is Lilith there needs to be some legitimate that, he that, that's kind of this. his white wolf waifu right there yeah, yeah. Lilith I, I, is white wolf waifu oh we, really gonna enjoy when we tell her story oh i'm oh, i'm so looking forward to when it when she said when you you kind of hinted at her story about what what she became mm-hmm. and i'm like oh is he gonna put because i realized while you did kane is the first story it's kind of the locus point of where the world of darkness becomes the world of darkness well i mean and and if you listen to the zero uh the the episode zero tra- uh, teaser basically it is the initial conflict from which all other conflict flows. Mm-hmm. If Cain never kills Abel, then we're all getting along, and vampires are never a thing, but neither is anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the- because Lilith is this sort of outcast, and all of humanity grows in a way that she's she doesn't really care about them. She's hanging out with Lucifer in her garden, yeah. and it just, humanity is cool, and, and we never have all these conflicts. There's no, and there's no real, there's still there's- sin, but it's not to the level that has become. And she without can't conflict. Teach, she can't teach Cain, the power, which then tempts everyone else, and then right. she covets, and then they hate each other over eternity for it, yep. and then you don't have necessarily, because she's very hinted as the first mage, and how that sort of spreads out, and that there's something that could rival even the mighty, the almighty's power, and all of that, and just just the, the, the tapestry in which the world of darkness I is like, made. Uh, I will tell you, the hardest thing about telling the story of Cain was clearly the Urchius Fragments and the Book of Nod have different explanations about a lot of stuff. And if you read Day of Fire, Day of Fire is really cool in that it gives you a real good, a really solid hint at the motivations of Cain. Mm-hmm. But the problem became 
what do I take from the revelations of the dark mother? Because her story is so different from Kane's. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I, you know, a couple of people have called me on the carpet for him and like, well, this isn't the way that I know the story of Kane. Well, of course not. As I said in, 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 in uh, episode zero, you should not listen to the dark archive in lieu of reading the books. If nope. that's what you want, like I'm telling you a narrative, but the narrative is my interpretation of that narrative. Right. And if I go in there at like the whole thing about uh, Lilith chasing him through the garden, that's not Kane. Kane never mentions that anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's no, only he doesn't. Revolution. There, there, yeah. There's a much more of a, just an, uh, an embrace. And it's very short uh, too. Well, in the Urchius fragments, he's basically like, yeah, I'm in Lilith's garden. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm pretty cool. Now I'm a vampire and I have all these cool powers and Lilith had nothing to do with it. Cause she sucks. Yeah. And then, Oh, Revelations man. of the Dark Mother, there's this beautiful story in it. And, and we know that that's probably correct because we know that it, it it is specifically stated in the Storyteller's Handbook several editions ago that you want to teach a vampire fortitude, you give them a point of your blood, you beat the hell out of them mm-hmm. until they yeah. I, and, and that's and that's what I got because I have a little more backstory than any, like just a new person getting it. It was like, no, she's doing her, she's doing her, her personal ethos, which is pain and suffering. You will learn, you will right. grow, you will get stronger, but yeah. you must suffer. So for when it. I read that, I thought this has to be the actual yeah. story. So that's the why that, yeah. that, 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 of all, of all those books, revelations of the dark mother is my favorite. No, no surprise. As Matt said, what Lilith is one of my favorite things about the world of darkness. Absolutely. Waifu of darkness. Yes. Waifu, waifu, of, waifu dark. of darkness. Uh, Yay. But, but yeah, no, it was great. Because, oh, good shirt idea. Yeah. That's what exactly. <laughs> waifu of darkness. That's actually, so I've got, that's a question I want to ask you guys. And, I, and I'll, I'll start by saying, I'm about to do my favorite story from the world of darkness. I actually wanted to start with Kim and Terry. Kim and Terry is hands down my favorite story. So you story. actually, I'm, don't tell me anything. I'm going to listen to the dark archive. I don't know what you're talking about. Every no, time you mention I that word, I'm like, is. I'm smiling, nodding oh here. Oh my God, I'm so excited for you guys. I I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for you guys to know that story because, and now I feel like, like now the pressure's on because I really got to nail that story so you guys love her as much as I do. Her cool. story is totally encapsulates the world of darkness puts a bow on the whole thing well beautiful story so, but i want to ask you, you what are your what are your uh favorite characters from the world so of james just uh reversed the show on us it's okay. now his show because yeah. he's interviewing us there you go <laughs> my good I, job there mr man i i don't have like a really deep dark working knowledge but i will say that i've read clan book ravnos second edition more than once because the ravnos are my favorites I love them. The Week of Nightmares is a f- just oh, absolutely fascinating story. I talked to my wife. I told her that The Week of Nightmares will probably have to be a multi-chapter story. Oh, there's so much it. shit going on. Because it's got to be told from the perspective of every creature in the world. Yeah, because they all have a different interpretation of what the hell is going on. Yeah, there's like... Including a, Kindred of the East, mm-hmm. and I am not There's like a four-volume <laughs> clan novel anthology thing that, that, that tells the yep. whole story of that. It's a big old story. Yeah. That that almost and I will never say you'll you'll eventually maybe one day you'll be done with the arc archive and all that that could be one of the latter ones explaining how this world sort of started to fall apart fall yeah. apart yeah. and finally break under the weight of its own darkness. The resurrection of Zapathustra was was not good for the world. No, it was yeah, really bad. It was um, really bad. One of my um, ghost got what was it the. Um, one of a fantasy project of mine, because I love audiobooks and, and podcasts and the like, a fantasy project of mine is take the clan novel series in the anthologized fashion that they have and do like a full cast reading of oh, the man. thing. Oh, God. It would I'm be in. so I'm beautiful. In. I would do it. Oh, God. It, there's a lot of work that you have to go through. Because you got to break down the dialogue. You have to break down the dialogue. You, Look, we, I'm just letting you know right now, if we, if, 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 if we were to ever pitch this and mm-hmm. White Wolf was like, yeah, man, go ahead, do it. I'm just hands down. 
I am playing Anatoly. Uh, Anatole. Anatole, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm playing Anatoly. The funny thing Anatoly. is, I haven't read any of them. I know They're I need so to, good. but I've never so heard I should, I should probably make that one of my next stops. Well, that's, what, that's the thing. There's such good stuff, and they're not in audiobook format, which is right. really like... Oh, what? my God. Really? Well, no. Yeah, that, that, like, that's why it's a fantasy project of, of, of mine, because like I think people should read these things, yeah. and they're not in the format... The, I, I mean, love books. I, I like, can't I, wait I, till I get to the point where we're because right now the stories that I'm telling they're they're not mm, in the clan novels. Right, right. I can't wait to the point where I'm like when I tell Hesha's story. Oh, Hesha. I've got to read the Sedite clan book again, and mm. I haven't read the Sedite clan book since the early 2000s. Yeah. I can't wait to read more about Hesha. And speaking of fantasy projects, another one that has popped into my head is essentially something like the Dark Archive, but for the Trinity universe. I mean, I I've got. Most of the Trinity series on the I've, bookshelf. I've, Let's I've, do it. I've got it all. There you go. Uh, oh, if good, anyone, if anyone, there's if you, very few people I know that could potentially handle it just the way you're handling it. I love Trinity yeah, a lot. Yeah. I don't know it as well, but I, 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 I know love it. it. I, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, you know, we've got the the pulp era 1920s radio radio drama oh, God, ch- chapter. Yeah. We've got the 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 night the, the, the 90s as fuck aberrant stuff. Yeah, you get the and 90s. Then, and then and like, you and get then the like, authority, which is all like the hard edge. Hard edge comic book Iron Age stuff that you got with Aberrant and, and just like what happens if Superman was a real person? Guess what? He wouldn't that be swell of a guy? And I then like, be terrible. Uh, I think like I would have to break the bank on the on the Aeon uh, Trinity era because that would have to be like super super slickly produced yeah. with like sci-fi synth, sound, synth, effect, lots sound of lasers, effects, lots, lots of laser, laser sounds, sounds okay. and just like for me, what's I, John Carpenter doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think for me the 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 episodes that I am the most nervous about because I, I feel like if I'm really looking to get uh, people who don't necessarily know the world of darkness as well into this thing, mm-hmm. that the episodes that are really going to be the ones that that recruit are ones like Dracula. So yeah. it's one of the reasons I'm setting Dracula for next October because nice. I want to know what the hell I am doing before I get to his story. Because his story, depending on who you talk to and what you read, that story keeps changing yep. drastically of and, what he was, and, who he was, and what he did. Oh, yeah. And then in, in, a Halloween, in a Halloween time of the future, you can do the Chronicles of Darkness version of yeah, Dracula, exactly. yeah. which is a whole different story. And I've decided that every April Fool's Day, every April Fool's Day, I'm just going to do an episode on Rasputin. That's <laughs> just going to be yeah, a do it because, Yeah, because he's uh, always something. Uh, and like tell, tell one version of it one year. Like do a full like 30-minute episode, like this is definitively Rasputin. And the next year, nope. Sorry, he wasn't a tornado. Actually, he was a changeling. Uh, no, <laughs> guys, I'm sorry, guys. we went back into Promethean. The, uh, oh, we went back into the stacks. Uh, we found a, a that was a hep, uh, just a heretical text. We found the right, right text, and every year it's oh, we found a new that was a new heretical text. text. We found the new text. Actually, Rasputin is here, or actually, there's four <laughs> different Rasputins here. We're gonna <laughs> let them. Hello. Uh, <laughs> it's like uh, I I have to go off air now. Well. Uh, We'll talk to each other later. It's fine. Uh, but back to your question, back to me, if one of my favorite stories is always been, I think, that is the story of Salat oh, yeah. and Tremere yeah. and the one shining moment taken extinguished from the world because of pride and greed and power mm-hmm. and freaking it, oh. Tremere well and now it really depends F those guys man they are just the worst well it, it's one of the great tragedies I think of of the Tremere story is that 
Yeah, so so basically basically Tremere sold his soul and destroyed the one. I mean, if you've if you've heard the third episode of uh, Story of mm-hmm. the Wanderer, yeah. Salat was the only hope for vampires. Yep. yep, they they were doomed the moment he died, uh, and so Tremere knew that because there's no doubt in my mind Tremere knew just about everything at this point. By the point that he he did what he did, um, but. So so he he purposely damned not only himself but all vampires forever mm-hmm. out of greed as you said uh but what what is what in, what brings that tragedy that the world of darkness is so good at back to the forefront is that it didn't work i mean it did work because Tremere became an antediluvian and and the Tremere have their own clan now um but uh people who are deeply familiar with the world of darkness will tell you Tremere ceased to exist mm-hmm. his body still exists but he's not in control of it anymore. Nope. He's mm-hmm. in a never-ending war with Salat, mm-hmm. who is attempting to take that body over to the point where the reason that no Tremere has seen, I mean, well, other than Etrius, yep. no Tremere has seen uh, uh, Tremere since this happened is because they've got him locked in a room yeah. in Vienna somewhere because he's a ravenous, super-powerful, magical antediluvian that nobody can do anything well, one, about. Yeah, one, and, one of my favorite little, little like, sort of metaphysical tidbits that, that I will... I remember from reading the the second edition um, core book for Vampire was this idea that um, the basically the the the, the, vamp, the antediluvian vampires had just this metaphysical truth about themselves that they were beyond death, yep. and no, and there was unless you were on their level or above, you have no hope. Of taking them out, they're they're all walking apocalypses. Well, you yeah. know what? I, I I didn't actually. So I was trying to figure out why that was. So I started doing some math in my head mm-hmm. because I, I will. So the story of Kim and Terry. Kim and Terry is one of Set's direct childer. Ah. Um, so I started thinking about because they keep referring to Set as a god, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking like, okay, so so what, let me figure out who Set is at mm-hmm. this time period. So if you if you if you go through the math by biblical standards, the first city. Enoch had to have been established somewhere in the 25,000 BCE time period mm-hmm. and 19th dynasty Egypt, which is where Kim and Terry, who is one of the, I believe uh, by white wolf lore, she is the second oldest currently living um, vampire Unless you count Hakim still being up, which right. we're not sure if he is or Me. not. And Zapathustra isn't really a vampire anymore. But, uh, you know, it's pretty much Urshulgi and Kim and Terry. Mm-hmm. Um, Set had to have been, by the time that that happened, already 18,000 years old. So... Yeah, a few gonna, naps in there. If probably. we're going right. off the biblical time scale, if you're yeah. going off the biblical time scale, he would have been around 18,000 years old, mm-hmm. which is... By by leaps and bounds, older than any vampire that we've ever seen, because mm-hmm. I mean, Urshulgi is like four thousand, right? And it is so powerful that it defies logic. Well, it's a myth. They were it's the mythic time, right? right. It's the uh, time when thing everything's just narrative hand waving because everything is a, so right. abysmally powerful. And that, and so when they say when they say like the god Horus, who is we all know is a super powerful mummy, mm-hmm. and his brother Set are throwing down, and the god of storm Set is doing things like changing landscapes. Yeah, he's an eighteen thousand year old vampire. He yeah. can do that. And, and then, and then you look at this from the mage perspective about like paradigm and and consensus shaping the world, and like how much of how much of these myth- mythologies 
are the do we see because we're seeing it through the lens right. of what we believe is is time and how and our history mages how, at the time had to have been real pissed off at these mega creatures oh yeah these mythical creatures that are just reshaping well the problem is they were also feeding into that myth too because by the by humanity going oh magic and gods and things exist and it's like the mages are like oh that means my power really works right the things i believe really work it's not like the modern era where it's like the order of we reason. have the shaman who comes in he's like shit there's way too much technology and everyone believes yeah. in their cell phones and then the order of reason came in and fixed everything, everything was fine uh, power is free there are no consequences everything's <laughs> good uh we gotta wrap up we're getting a little late and long in the tooth as it were but one of the things scott about tremere and i always love that me and scott keep referencing mm-hmm. each other is that uh when uh, Tremere ate Salat, uh, there was just a paradox spirit, a really old, big one, just with a big ticker in his hand. <laughs> and every time he does something, he's like, Get waiting, buddy. And, Wait, then, yes. and then every Tremere that ever gets embraced, another paradox spirit goes, until until they do the grand ritual. It's like, oh, the Gehenna's coming. Being a vampire sucks now. Let's all just shuffle off this curse and let's just like, go back to being mages or ascend to a higher plane. And they're all like, Excellent. Please Great. do that. You're all in. You're all in the most. We we've been working we've been on waiting. this quiet for you, you guys. You've been um, you've been um, writing checks. You have your own paradox universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like oh, we we have such sights to show you. you. So basically, <laughs> basically, there's just a squad of cenobites following the Tremere clan <laughs> yeah, around. Yeah, in, in just going, just waiting, just waiting. We're, I'm just we, waiting. We, we got imagine, nothing but time. Uh, can you imagine the horror of? The uh, of Tremere and Etrius and Goratrix and and that little cabal when they initially succeeded in embracing themselves and their avatar shattered. Can oh. you even imagine the like these guys had been the most powerful mages in existence and they lost everything. Well, in that they they thought they were gonna thought they was like oh we're just gonna mix these templates and just put them on top of yep. each other and it will be great we'll be immortal we'll have mage powers uh, no congratulations turn, you get to live forever and you're basically just a dude again yeah. and you're basically just luckily but they're really smart dudes right that's turn, that was the kicker they're turns like, out the curse of Elohim actually means something right. it's like oh yeah you thought you were gods Oops. problem is you're actually going against the god right. the so, god said. Sorry, guys. Uh, but, and then the Tremere come out. We pioneered blood magic. We definitely didn't steal it from the Sedites and the Asimites. And we pioneered it. We, we yeah. made some tweaks over the years to it, well, of the, course. We changed it just enough to it was, declare it, it fair was, use. Actually, <laughs> it, was, it was actually more the Zemisi than any of those because they chose a, a, an old Asimisi to initially embrace themselves. Right, but if, because, if you go with they the, had the Kuldun. Right, but the Kuldunic sorcery, uh, as uh, from a pure paradigm perspective, mm-hmm. Kuldunic sorcery works more differently from modern Tremere thaumaturgy than any of the others. Do. Yeah, that That's was true. It, and also it was the basis for the Chronicle of Darkness or the um, uh, the the Order Dracul. No, the Order Dracul. The uh, the. Yeah, um, Longinus magic because it was yeah. all willpower based and that's they were ones with willpower based magic rather than blood magic because they didn't use blood to fuel their right. power they used willpower which to people who are vampires man like, we're getting what into are weeds you here. doing I, you I doing. was actually about to make a comment it's like guys I want you to know like I'm pretty into this shit been doing it since I was like 15 years old I have no fucking idea what's going on right now. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're gonna wrap no, it up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting, I'm, I'm interested, yep. and I'd like to read these or perhaps listen to these stories. Uh, and speaking of which, James, where can people find you on the internet? Hook anything and uh, plug anything okay. you want. Yep, absolutely. So we are on Facebook at the Dark Archive. Um, 
it, you can just search us. You can find us. Um, we are on the web at darkarchivepod.com. Um, and you can go there. I'll let you know. I'm, I don't know how to design websites, so mm-hmm. it's a WordPress template. It's okay. So I it will, works. WordPress will do. Go on there. You can you can find the chapters. And what I have done very specifically for folks is not only will you find the chapters, but at the end of every episode, I go on there and I link to the books that were used in the researching of that episode. Excellent. So you can go to Drive Through RPG for the direct links right there, and you can find those books for yourselves. Um, and there are more things that will be coming up in the future. If you go to the Dark Archive uh, Facebook page, you're going to see some more stuff that will be coming out that will um, help you find my other products and uh, help you actually contribute. And one of the things that I wanted to tell people is if you want, if you have a story that is deep in your heart that you love, come to the Dark Archive uh, Facebook page and tell me. And I'm going to get to them all eventually, but if I've got five or six people who are telling me, man, we really want to hear the story of Beckett, well, Beckett is going to get bumped up in the line. Please, please. Awesome. Um, as always, uh, uh, can they find you on Twitter at all? No, you're on Twitter? Uh, eventually, um, I, I'm I'm somewhat of a Luddite when it comes to Twitter. It took um, me a while. It's it, really hard. I had, to, I had to nudge them in the right direction. But no problem. Just go over to the Facebook page. You'll yep. find James's stuff. It'd be great. Um, you can always find the actual show at PolyhedronCast on Twitter. Uh, feedback can always be polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com. Just like you, Mr. Michael Tyson, please <laughs> send it an email. Uh, you uh, get priority. That's one of the things, the perks you get for being a patron of that level is your emails get priority over anyone else's. I so. mean, as long as it's not like weird and gross. I mean, yeah. it can be, but I'll just like tell tell people I, you sent I, us I, a I can, weird gross I, I always have veto power. That's what being a producer lets you do. Um, you can find me on Twitter at BioImportance. I'm at Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S. And I am at Divis Mulcav. Um, also, wherever you're listening this out uh, and review us, five stars, five thumbs up, whatever they give. Um, I know the iOS 11 has done some weird things with iTunes and it's really dumb and stupid. But the one thing they did do right is they made it much easier to review podcasts. So if you can, and I apologize, if you can fumble your way through it and find the review section under, under the uh, show header, please do it. Please give us five stars. It gives us a visibility, lets everyone know we're out there because we want to provide you with bigger and better content. I mean, I, we're pretty damn good as is, but they want to be able to get people better than me. That's oh, basically yeah. what they're saying. And I agree yeah. wholeheartedly with that. Oh, we got plans. Oh, buddy, <laughs> oh, we got plans. Oh, plans. So, plans. So, from everywhere here at Polyhedron, go where you find us. Go roll some dice. <laughs>